0: episode five of the Brentford pod from the Griffin Park grapevine this week we don't really do a lot we just review Southampton we look forward to Arsenal we have a quick review of how the B team got on in Portugal and we do have a look what the chances are of European qualification are from a statistical point of view and uh, finally some 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 sad news about Sergi that's it let's get on with the show. Southampton, a bit of a cruise to victory here. It was just a matter of biding our time and waiting for the goals. Uh, yeah, Info goal had us on a, a XG of 2.3 to 0.7. Uh, yeah, and if you look at what uh, who scored says about the, about the game, uh, it's got us down as effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities from the flanks and from counter-attacks, strong at finishing, and creating a high number of chances relative to 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 our possession, so awkward things. And always got to say about Southampton really is that they favoured long shots, and uh, I think they favoured long shots because they couldn't get in the penalty area. Um, Benleys had a a result of a great assist from Brian. He got in front of his sonal marker, got his head cleanly to the ball, but it was obviously smacked in the head as he as he uh, as he as he the ball in the back of the net. It looks to me like the defender was getting ready to head the ball away only to find it, it had gone and, he, and replaced by Ben's head and then headed Ben's head. Uh, ben was down for over two minutes and received a, uh, also received attention after the next goal, where he came over to the technical area rather than joining the celebrations. And um, By then it was half time, so presumably he had time to to clear his, his, his head, as it were, at that time. Talking about the second goal, it came a remarkable 24 seconds after the first, Well, 24 seconds after the kickoff, after the first. Uh, I'm not sure if that breaks any records. I'll leave that to others. Um, But again, it was a great assist for an assist from Josh, who, when when he's outside of the left foot, went just, just over the defender's head uh, before reaching Fisser, who, um, after getting the ball under control, found Brian darting into space, and, and he slotted it away basically unmarked. For the for the third goal, again, it was another great assist from Rico. Well, it's debatable. Um, Mateus run for the edge of the area. He'd lost his marker. He was trailing behind him. I'm not really sure how good the cross was from Rico. It looks like he was trying to find Ivan. And it was great anticipation for Mateus, who made his run when it was clear that that ball wasn't going to reach Ivan. He got in front of Tony's marker, and Tony's marker was shaken to head the ball away. And uh, you know Jensen again got in front of him rather like well similar to I guess Ben Me did for for our for our first goal. Is that Jensen's first headed goal for the Bees? Let us know. In amongst all of that there was a great chance for Visser after eight minutes. Tony's shot blocked after eleven minutes with the defender well they'd say dive in front of the ball. He actually fell over. He was turned around to follow the ball to Tony, the cross in from whoever it was from now, I can't remember had he, he fell over just the ball reached Tony and, and, and Tony hit it into his body, uh, which was, again, uh, Tony was essentially unmarked and was siphoning it in the back of the net, only for that piece of bad luck to happen. Um, and then Brian had a shot from within the box that he dragged wide, although on, on this occasion, to be fair, the goalkeeper was well placed and there was a, another defender at the goal line, but still was another another great chance that fell to us. And I was doing some research for another segment coming later in the show. And yeah, you know, Southampton were seventh, eighth and sixth between 2014 and fourteenth and two thousand seventeen. What's that, six to nine years ago? And we we're two seasons in the European League in in two thousand sixteen and twenty seventeen. And yet here six seasons later they're languishing at the bottom of the uh, of the league. So you know, we should enjoy these things while they last, shall we say? Um, also interesting to see that Raya joined in with a with a with a lap of appreciation at the end. Uh, maybe he only joins in when he gets uh, when he keeps a clean sheet. So hopefully he'll be a lot more in the in the games to come. One thing to uh, come out of the Southampton game is um, Mateus is Jensen's rather precocious nutmegs. Uh, there was a tweet the other day from StatsBomb, uh, that was Ted Nutson's uh, company, uh, who spent some time with us uh, in the initial days after after uh, Matthew took over the club, and uh, he, they, they suggested that uh, Matthias Jensen and uh, Cancelo were both top of the Nutmeg League with six completed nutmegs. Well, in this in this game, Matthias had. One absolutely fantastic uh, nutmeg and another routine one. So he's now at eight. Um, I'm not sure how, how cats they went, got on. I'm not even sure he played this weekend, though. Um, so Jensen has pulled away at the head of the completed nutmegs uh, league, and congratulations to him. If you want to see those uh, nutmegs, by the way, particularly nutmeg number seven, they're on our uh, Twitter uh, timeline, and I highly recommend you have a look at, the, uh, at those nutmegs from, from Matthias. B-team news. So the B-team have been out in Portugal playing in the Atlantic Cup, which they've played in, I can't remember if it's one or two seasons before. Uh, it's, it's a sort of mid-season break tournament for, for most clubs and some pre-season for, for other clubs. So decent opposition, first team teams playing you know, to, 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 as, as, they, as they keep up their fitness and, you know, and it's competitive games. Uh, I'm not really sure how the format works. There's ten teams that enter, and they and they're in the league, but they only play three three matches each in this league. In fact, some only play two. Um, Michelin and their Danish counterparts, Lingby, for example, were only playing two matches. I'm not sure whether that's because they turned up late and they didn't they didn't partake in the first round of fixtures. Um, and I'm not really sure how how it all works out. Whether they you know, it's random who you play, or, or whether they're a bit more sophisticated than that. And say, okay, you can play one of these three teams, one of these three teams, one of these three teams. Those being very strong, medium, and not so medium. Um, but anyway, Brentford kicked off with um, against uh, the South Korea side, Yusan Hirundai. Undoubtedly, I've said that incorrectly. Um, not really sure how good the South Korean team. I've asked, sorry, the South Korean league is. And I asked around, and nobody seems to know. Surprisingly, and uh, yeah, but they looked a decent outfit, and, they, and, and we were unlucky to concede. A rather late goal, which 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 resulted in a 1-0 defeat to us. Um, after the match, Neil McFarlane, the BT manager, he says that it is one of the best performances that he had seen from Bradford B. And having paid my £9.99 to watch the match, I I, I, I would agree with him. It was a, a really good performance, and there weren't too many, too many individual errors, and it looked a really strong performance. Um, then we played ARK stockholm. Uh, we managed to get a one one draw here here again, we played really well against a good team uh, managed to sneak literally a last second equalizer um, which got us a point um, what i didn 't realize um, there was uh, when there is a draw there 's a penalty shootout afterwards, and whoever wins that penalty shootout gets an additional point so again, another quirk of this competition. Um, unfortunately, we lost that penalty shootout however, we did pick up a we did pick up a point. Um, and in, lastly, this you know, Thursday evening, we played Hamstads, whoever they are, um, and we beat them one nil. And I think we deserved to beat them one nil. So we end up on four points, uh, and, and as I as, as I speak, that gets us to fourth place. That will be our 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 high high time mark, as it were. Um, nobody else has played three three games apart from our our opponents yesterday evening, the Hamstads. Who, uh, firmly rooted at the bottom of the league, so I would expect us to see us drift down and perhaps end up about seventh. Um, but nevertheless, it's uh, a- another fantastic tournament for the B team to take part in, and um, yeah, congratulations to everybody who uh, who played. And European football. Now everyone's talking about our chances of getting into Europe. <laughs> Which seems quite ludicrous to be, to be frank. Um, but looking at the five three eight percentages of our chances of finishing in the top seven, we actually have a twenty six percent chance of finishing in the top seven this season. Incredible stuff! And if you look at the um, form table, we are. You know, if you look at the fishy, which is where I go for the uh, the form tables, whatever else, they're very good. You can get some by last six, last ten, home and away. In the last six games, we are 40, we have fourteen points team, um, Brighton and Arsenal and Manchester United all on 13 points so uh, yeah we're in an amazing position um, obviously we've got Arsenal coming up this weekend that may not be a uh, happy hunting ground for us but we'll come on to that later um, but in the meantime we also looked at does seventh place actually qualify for for Europe qualification from the Premier League to Europe is is quite complex uh, because you can have winners from other European competitions usurping you, you can have uh, people that haven't qualified for Europe that have won competitions usurping you, and so it goes on. So how it works is, the best of my understanding is, obviously the first four places go to the Champions League. Well, not always, but, we're, 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 but I don't think that needs to that doesn't need to concern us here because if if a team, if an English team wins the European sorry wins the Champions League and doesn't finish in the top four then the team in fourth doesn't qualify for the Champions League. But I don't think that's that's going to concern us this year. Um, the, the team that finishes fifth goes into the Europa League. The team that wins the FA Cup goes into the Europa League. And the teams that wins the League Cup goes into the Europe, Europa Conference. So sixth and seventh don't qualify for Europe by right. Um, however, if a team in the top five wins the FA Cup, then... That position in the Europa League goes to the sixth place. And likewise, if a team in the top six win the League Cup, then seventh place goes to the seventh then, then the place of the Europa Conference goes to seventh place. Told you it was complicated. And it all gets even more bizarre if as you say, if we if the English clubs win both the Europa League and the Champions League and etc. etc. But let's not get into that. But if we look if we look at the history of what positions have qualified for Europe and in particular seventh place. So, seventh place qualified last season um, when West Ham went into the Europa Conference. It, the season before that, when Spurs went into the Europa Conference. The season before that, Wolves didn't qualify in seventh because Arsenal finished at eighth and they won the FA Cup. However, Wolves qualified in seventh the season before because in, in seventh place because Manchester City won everything. Burnley qualified the seventh season before that. Everton qualified in two thousand seventeen. West Ham anyway, essentially in the last one, two, three, four, five, two, four, six, seven seasons, eight seasons, seventh place has qualified seven times. So there's a high probability that seventh place will will qualify for Europe this time. And if we if we look at the what needs to happen, to make that happen, well, the League Cup final is between Manchester United and Newcastle. They're in third, fourth at the moment, so as so, whoever wins that, as long as they stay in the top six, the sixth-place team will qualify. And then there's the FA Cup, and the FA Cup got a bit thinned out this year, as much to much to my annoyance, especially with us going out. So um, Manchester City, Manchester United, and Spurs are all above us. Uh, if any of those win. Uh, and stay in this top six then Brentford if Brentford finishes then the seventh place team will qualify let's put it like that um but there's also and don't don't say this too too loudly but brighton and fulham are also still in the fa cup and if they finished uh, in sixth place say where brighton are at the moment and we finish in seventh then the seventh place team will will, will qualify so there's there's a you know, if we can keep in seventh place there's a high probability we will be playing in Europe next season. I'd say, don't count your chings, though. Don't book your flights through your hotels. Let's keep let's keep it let's keep it real. Incidentally, I also looked at what the impact was of those teams that are qualified for, you know, in seventh place. What actually happens to them the next season, just to see whether there was a material impact on the Premier League form. And, and with the exception of Burnley, who finished fifteenth this season after they qualified, there isn't. Um, Southampton qualified, yes, them. Southampton qualified in 2015-16 uh, and, and basically ended up in the top top eight still. Um, West Ham, last season, when they qualified, ended up in the top seven. Uh, Wolves, when they qualified, ended up in the top seven the next season. So there's not much of a, a correlation or causation, it would appear, that you know, qualifying for Europe is a bad thing. And I don't think any of those teams managed their squads ie they didn't play their reserves in the Europa League so I don't think we've got too much to, to fear if we do qualify it's not a careful of it's not a case of be careful what what you wish for wish for as it were Arsenal okay so this will be a test won't it um, a team that we, 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 we one of the top six that we haven't beaten this season at uh, at the Gtech Um if you look at what Fighter Eight is saying, they give Arsenal a 67, a two-thirds a chance of winning, um, 90% draw or a 30 percent win for us. So, a third of a chance of getting a result there. However, compare that when we, when we played Manchester City, you know, they gave us a, they gave Manchester City an 85% chance of winning. So, it's not the be all and end all. Uh, we only had a 5% chance of winning, one in 20. But that one in, but that 20 one shot came in and boy did it come in we're not out we're not we're certainly not going to give up this one and if you look at what who scored have us uh, arsenal strengths and our strengths and weaknesses there's there's a there's a particular particular point where it says Brentford for strengths aerial duels arsenal weaknesses it's got avoided individual errors weak defended against through ball attacks the silver weak and aerial duels very weak so I can imagine if that's correct, and if the uh, if our if our analytic boys also have picked up on that or think that's correct, then um, we can expect a another different a, a different style of, of, of football against Arsenal at the weekend. And it's got a match forecast here, and it's got this is again from who scored, but it's a um it's 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 a it's, it's rather a long list of how goals will be scored. Arsenal will score as a result of an individual skill. Very likely. Yeah, probably. Brentford will dominate in the air. That's what we've got. Uh, Arsenal will control the game in the opposition's half. Yes, this is this is going to be what what I think frightens me most. Um, you know, how much possession can I have in and around the box and in the box? How many touches will they have actually in the box? I think it'll be quite a quite a lot. Anyway, back to goals. Arsenal will score from a win play situation. Arsenal will score a long shot. Brentford will score, hooray! As a result of opposition error, and Brentford will score as a result of a through ball. So that's three to, uh, is that, Yeah, is that three goals to Arsenal, one, two goals to Brentford. They're they're, they're predicting. So that would be interesting. The other thing is when we looked at uh, Southampton, we we mentioned who scores, player statistics, and noted that eight out of that that the third, the top eleven of those players were Brentford supporters, and it would be interesting to look at what happens when we play arsenal well yeah when we play arsenal ace out of the eleven, the the starting 11 so he's at the top 11 i should say are arsenal players ivan gets in at number five uh raya gets in at number eight me ben me gets in at number nine ethan pinnick gets in at number 12 now there's something oh christian gets in 11 or so one two one two three four so Four, four, five. Sorry, I can't count now. Seven out of the eleven are, are, are Arsenal, rather than eight, what I said at the beginning. Um, and what's what's interesting to notice in that top eleven, there are no Arsenal defenders, and there are you know, there's 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 Raya, me, and and Pinnick in the top twelve. Uh, so it, it's it's an interesting matchup here, whereby you know, if you look at what's in front of uh Pickford there isn't a great deal there's not yeah. You know, there's not a superstar there uh they've got Ben White on the right hand side for fuck's sake so there's there's uh, yeah, there is an opportunity here if we can get behind them and get the balls in and get get Ben Mee's head on it or even even Matthias Jensen's head so let's see what happens there one other thing to note is that Thomas has a, a full squad to select from uh, with the exception of Frank Onyeka I believe everybody is 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 certainly not injured. It doesn't mean they're they're fit, but uh, it certainly means that you know, we've we certainly got a, a huge squad to to choose from, much larger than we had this time last season. Uh, and and, and Reece, uh, mate, you know, the uh, uh, our former professional footballer who who now I think runs the ticket office and punks other stuff, in the pre-match pint last week, um, he said that you know everybody in the first team squad has a chance of being involved in the matchday squad which isn't normal elsewhere and I, and I agree you know, we've got a we've got yeah. so Thomas has got you know, all of the weapons at his disposal to to implement his game plan however he wishes. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what what magic uh Tony Thomas can come up with because you know he is uh, I think he's a, a very very good at his tactical stuff and it'll be be interesting to see how angry Arteta gets. Let's uh, look forward to that. Finally, some, some sad news. Sergi Canas's mother passed away this week. We understand it was rather sudden. Um, Sergi's back in Spain. He missed his uh, he missed a match this week for his uh, lone team. Our deepest sympathies and condolences goes to Sergi, uh, his sister, who is always at the GTEC, and, uh, and the rest of his family. Um, good luck, mate. Um, that's it for this week. Up the beats. <laughs>